Hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Braverman. And I'm Ellen Selm. And welcome to our podcast, Stories from the Earth, where we explore humankind's relationship and connection with the natural world. We would like to take a quick moment to invite our listeners to consider supporting us through a humble little donation. If you go to our anchor page and click the support button, there are options to donate for $1, $5, or $10. The donations will go towards helping us with future projects, such as launching of our herbal education curriculum dubbed the People's Herb School, as well as funding to help take the show on the road and do some on-site reviews and interviews at herb farms and schools and other interesting places relevant to our podcast. And you can also go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a comment and a review. So thank you very much. Today we welcome these two awesome Western North Carolina women behind Of Wand and Earth, Marshall's Magical Mercantile. Madison County's one and only metaphysical shop for magical and mystical folks from near and far. Welcome, Pasha Hanina and Lisa Wagoner. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Can you tell us a bit about yourselves, the story of, of how Wand and Earth came into being? What was the inspiration for starting the shop and what role do each of you play in, in its running it? So, um, of Wandered Earth it was a fluke um, that happened after I have done many, many years of um, what I call to be um, kind of like a just spiritually guided. I go where spirit tells me, and uh, working to uh, both in, in the magical realm. The mystical realm and as a in the shamanic realm working with all over the world to do different things and make this experience a little bit better in this transition that we're going through it so um i have no background in anything retail or anything like that but one day i was 10 i was in los angeles and i was called into my temple that i operated there and i was told it's time to go to Asheville, and because I argue with my guides, I said, Nashville, um, but they said, no, Asheville, and um, I said, okay, and then I was sort of given this map of things to do, and a, a general timeline, when I got that message, had never been here in my life, who knew a change was coming, we didn't know necessarily what, when I came here, I reached my hand over, just as we were crossing over from Tennessee border into North Carolina, and I felt a lump in my breast. And so I turned to my husband and I said, oh, that's something. And he goes, well, what is it? And I said, it's something. So I went back to Los Angeles and we found ourselves in Florida. And I came here to do, it was a very rigorous breast cancer. And one that although had no, I never took so much as an ibuprofen, I find myself kind of in the throes of pretty intense chemotherapy and radiation. And in the course of that, I am getting to a wandered earth, I swear. Uh, I was um, had, a, had a good friend of mine and I said, I just feel like we're supposed to do something, and, you know, get our voices out there. And I, I wasn't really feeling like talking at the time, um, but she said, all right, I'll do it, you know. And I said, okay. So we decided we were gonna start a podcast. And I said, well, what should we call it? And she said, I keep hearing of wand and earth. And I'm like, works for me. Look, that's good. Okay. So we kind of came up with that name and put a few things out there. And then when it came time to move, 
I was told we would be 35 miles outside of Asheville, but I didn't know in which direction. So I really didn't know where I was going. And when um, we finally found our place, I it was on the other side of the mountain and my kids wanted to go to school on this side of the mountains. So we saw this shack on the side of the road and I heard my team said, that's a store. And I said, we didn't talk about having a store. You never said store. So what am I to do with a store? I don't have any inventory. I don't, you know, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm pretty good at a yard sale, but I, you know, like never really done anything like that. But what they had told me was time was coming was um, that it's my responsibility to create a space where people could come. So it's not about, you know, necessarily what I'm going to sell or what's going to be in the store, but just a place where people know that they can come as this great awakening, as this change is happening. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it. You know, I'm, 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 it makes sense. I'll get that little place. And then I said, well, what are we going to call it? Right. Cause I like names. And they said of wand and earth. And I said, that's a big name for town right there on the freeway where I don't know a single person. And there we are. So we were there for two years and then that place uh, wasn't the right spot anymore. Um, eventually moved downtown and we continued to thrive as just simply as a place of exactly that where people walk in and they go, oh, I'm home. This feels good to me. My kid loves it. My dog loves it. Sometimes, you know, it's about, oh, I'm looking for a treat or a treasure, but sometimes it's just about being in that mystical space where they feel, I don't know, safe, I think is a good word. And then one day, Lisa, who was in the area and she was working, you know, somewhere else at the time, she came up to introduce herself. And I thought that was pretty neat because I, like I said, I didn't know anybody. And a lot of people, when you come to a new town, you know, I'm from California. So when you go surfing out and you're not from there, you're going to have a little bit of a problem. It's locals only kind of situation. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get that a lot from Madison County and especially not from Lisa. She walked in and was just very welcoming and wanted to know what, what, you know, we were about and what our heart was about and what our spirit was about. So then when I moved, I thought maybe she might like to come work for me. So I basically stalked her and hung for that. And <laughs> she came to work. I offered her an excellent job title. And I think that was the thing that sealed the deal. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So when, when did it officially uh, start when you were in the, in the original shack location, what was your first opening year? Our opening day was Ostara of 2018. So it was spring equinox of 2018. We're given the message to come April 4th of 2016. And our departure date was um, August 1st, 2016. And there was 2017 was that was the healing. And we moved here. We, we, I got this space um, at the end of 2017, but it took us a while to, to get ready. One of the things that was really cool about the shop was that we are in a very small town. There has never been anything like this in Madison. Oh, yeah. Anything. And, and it's a big deal to many people to even, you know, see something like that there. And one of the most beautiful things that happened to me, I think I was on bypass, is to be seen. And people would come in and say, what are you doing here? And I would answer them the same as I would answer them today. I don't know. 
we're doing it. <laughs> and and they said, you know, we'd start to talk. They'd say, well, what you know, what are you about? And you know, or I like this, or my mama used to use this herb, and oh, mm -hmm. he used to do something. And before you know it, they were spending a lot of time there, or that became their place. Multiple generations would come in, and they would talk about some of the hard things that they've had to endure, or that they, that they had to experience. And a lot of that, I think, the common thread was that they were seers. They'd come from a long line of seers, and they had seer beat out of them, um, and that is the truth. They found themselves, you know, really shamed or worse because they were seers. And then they have these powerful children, or sometimes grandchildren right now. And these children and grandchildren are like, I am what I am. And they just have such confidence and so, such personal strength. They would come to me and they would say, I don't know what to do. My mama used to say, nobody ever taught me what to do. How do I preserve this in my child? How do I keep it in my child or my grandchild? And that's how I knew that I was in the right place because that's what's important to me, that we preserve that, what's inside of us, you know, whatever that is, that's, that's that truth. So that was pretty much the welcome. And I also, you, you know, you've made it when you paid an eggs. <laughs> when oh. someone shows up and say, I've got a dozen yeah. eggs, is that okay? I say, yes, I'll do just fine. You know, just come on in and let's do that because there's a reciprocity that's happening it's not about that currency exchange, you know, it's not about that. It's about what are we doing together? How are we going to create a magical world where there's diversity, where there's, um, you know, a different way of looking at things and where it has the foundation of love and where magic is real, right? We don't question it there. So, so it's pretty good. We have a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, That's beautiful. That's the best kind of coming together story and having grown up in the area I've, I've always heard it said you know Asheville and the surrounding area has a way of kind of drawing people in or spitting people out and your story is mm -hmm. pure drawing through and through <laughs> you know I don't like to get on social media that's one of the wonderful things that um, my maven of mystical curation Lisa Wagner helps me with um, but she, she handles all of, a lot of that but um, one time there was a, someone from the county who was saying bad things about me. And a lot of people jumped to my defense um, on Facebook and somebody tagged me. And it was this long thread about all these people telling, telling what I'm about. And I said, no, I can talk to my, for myself right now. And so I spoke to the person and said, here's what I'm about. You don't have to hear about it from anybody else. I don't remember you ever coming into my store, but if you came into my store, you would learn that this is what I'm about. This is what I do. This is why I'm here. This is what, you know, this is it. And, and she went back, oh, you're not that different after all. My daughter, her granddaughter makes these really cool witchy charms. I should have her meet you and da 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 da, -da. And she likes crystals and, and it's kind of like, turn it around just like that because it was like, no, we're not different. We don't have, like, let's talk about this place here. You know, that's, these mountains, no, because these mountains told me to come here. I didn't come here on my, my own. I never even knew they existed. These mountains brought us here. And for a long time, that first year, you'd see cars, they'd go, Arr! 
work, boom, 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 you know, into the thing. And they'd come in and they'd say, I, I don't know why I'm here, you know, or um, I, I just found myself here. I've never been here before in my life. And I, and I just felt like I needed to pack up and move here. And I was like, oh, was that April of 2016? And they said, yeah, it was April of 2016. I yeah, there must have been a, like, you know, Morse code or something went out. I don't know, but there was a lot of people that, like, heard, you know, and it comes in waves, but they started hearing that and then they didn't know what to do. You know, a lot of people are awakening as, as we change in consciousness and a lot of what you guys are doing with this even awareness of our natural world and awareness of our plant medicine and our plant allies, that, that awakening, it contributes through our food, it contributes to our body and our medicine and, and it creates an awakening of consciousness that you know are, that you're receiving if you don't know you're receiving so what happens when you receive you don't know that you're receiving you don't know what to do about it you have to find someone that you trust you know that you feel safe in order to help you move into what you're supposed to be doing that's what i think we're doing here my family is from Brooklyn from New York. So we're not originally from here. And we lived in Alexander on the county line with Madison County, where you guys are. Mm -hmm. And um, so we were kind of out the real estate. I was like, Oh, they're gonna hate it. It's so far out. You know, we ended up with like three and a half acres and a barn and but the neighbors, you know, even though they're like, Oh, those weirdos from New York, they were really like, you know, very open to, to us, you know, my parents were also very open to the culture. And once they saw that, you know, that we had a real rapport going on and, you know, we, they helped her with her garden and, um, yeah. you know, we would, we would get like the lady next door made this like incredible homemade, like fudge and all this candy at Christmas time. And it was like old timey, stuff and we would get tons of it and you know we'd come over and so there's something even though like maybe there's a beginning awkwardness i think there's kind of an a, a more openness to the people who who are native here than you would you would think i think it really is a cool place and i think that one of the things that we're really really trying hard to do is um to make sure that those voices don't get lost in the new wave of businesses and things that are kind of coming in because they're important. There's new people. I mean, I'm one of them, right? There are different people that want to be able to have access to the things that are meaningful to them. Um, but there's a lot of power in those mountains and there's a lot of power that's been carried on through song, through to, through tradition, through an understanding of the planetary planting and planting by the moon, um, in, in no-till farming and um, just song, carrying song into your garden and um, smelling the rain, knowing knowing like when the rain or snow's coming because of the smell or the sound that you hear in the trees and having that communication. It, that is something that I don't know that you can always be taught. Like, you know, like some of those things that you just absorb when you're in it. And when you draw a division away from some of the those old traditions and that way of knowing and that 
that type of intelligence and you decide that this has value or that's no longer valuable or this is trendy or popular or in style, it leaves a lot out. And so we're really trying to make sure that everybody is welcome. And not everybody wants to come in to the sport. You know, we get people right, that yeah. walk in and walk out really fast and that's okay. Yeah. And that's all right. Um, we get people that stay a while. You know, we have people that come off that, that have been downtown Marshall in 30 years and will come in and sit and just talk. They're not talking about witchy stuff and they're not talking about crystals or stones. They're talking. And we really like that a lot. We really like it when people feel like this is their community place. And that's why we kind of wanted to make a tea house where you can stay longer because you can only, you know, feel comfortable sitting on the couch and holding a crystal for so long. And then you start feeling like, hmm, maybe. We actually do something. So we said, great, let's take. Yeah, Lisa. Yes. Tell us about a little bit about your story. Oh, well, my story, I grew up between New York and North Carolina. I grew up in this duality of the North and the South, which are very distinctly different. Um, I grew up in the city. I also grew up in upstate New York. So we were sort of a family of wanderlust. And so I grew up in a lot of different places. So I think from that, I just sort of learned to just fit into whatever environment I was in with definitely a deep appreciation for both. It was really funny. I um, moved here in 2015. I moved here from Winston-Salem. I was driving on the Blue Ridge Parkway and my plan was to move to Wilmington because, you know, I'm a Pisces. I want to be by the ocean and I'm moving to, you know, Wilmington. And I heard a voice that said, you're moving to Asheville. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And the funny thing was, I didn't even question it. I was just like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. I usually had gone to Boone and Blowing Rock. And I mean, I'd been to Asheville several times. And I thought, all right, I'll give it a try. So I, I literally moved here not knowing anybody. <laughs> Same thing like Pasha. In the past seven years, just been a part of the community. And so many amazing and magical things have happened. And when I met Pasha in her shack on um, the highway, I immediately knew like we were kindred spirits. We're both very multicultural. You know, we both have traveled a lot. We're both, uh, I think, more drawn to the natural part of, of magic and, and witchcraft. And so we speak the same language about a lot of things. And the things that are important to us, like to me, like community and reaching out to people and learning their stories and being welcoming, that's like really inherent in me. And so I saw that in Pasha. And so when she, it was funny, when she contacted me about this job, I was like, do you have the right person? Like, I wasn't sure, you know, with a name like Lisa, you know, it, she could have meant another one. When I, you know, walked into a new location, I was just like, oh, this is special, you know? So I was really happy to join and, you know, help build community and get the word out. Like every single time I'm there and someone comes in, especially from out of town. We've gotten, we're getting a lot of tourists that make us a destination, which is oh. really gratifying. Like they'll just come through the door and take this deep breath and they're like, oh, like they're home. And we even have like a doormat that says, you know, welcome home or home sweet home. And that just, that just really feels good. And that's what we both really strive for. So you, you touched upon this a little bit, Pasha, but being that we are, Kind of in part of the South Bible Belt here, so to speak. Have you met with any particular challenges since opening a pagan themed shop in a rural town? And if so, how have you intentionally worked to build the community connection and then destigmatize those kinds of perceptions? Well, I have a different way of looking at things than some people might. 
and my approach is that I create the world that I want to live in. And so I will remove power from things that cause harm. So if somebody wants to come with something that they might come at me aggressively with a belief, uh, I move that power out. And then once that power is removed from that and I talk to them from the heart, we usually end up seeing eye to eye. Now, you're not going to get me to be a Christian. I mean, that's just never going to happen. It's like, even though I'm the only one in my family that ever went to church, because I love, I love spirit. And I love going to church, actually. I like to sit in church. I like any church. Like, I will go all over the world. I'm like, I want to go, you know. But I don't like uh, doctrine, indoctrination, and I don't like people forcing beliefs. That's just me. I, I found in my... Um, my practice is is true and real and beautiful and powerful, and I and I feel like I do good with that in the world. So we struggle only when somebody, you know, puts words on me that aren't true. I know how my soul is being redeemed, but I haven't had any trouble. You know, I I haven't had any trouble, and um and in fact I I think a lot of people like us. <laughs> I, do. I do. Yeah. I think old times. Like yeah, I think, I think because that's... the store is very inviting, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it does have a lot of natural items. I mean, Pasha is a, a crystal hoarder, so we have tons of crystals, and I think people are just drawn into that. So it's it's a lot of natural items, so it, that draws people in first, and then they look around, and then we have herbs and candles and books and all kinds of things that, you know, are not threatening it's things that they're used to and like she said they'll just start telling their own stories and i think that's what's great is like all of uh the employees are always just very welcoming and open and i think that sort of deflects anything that maybe when they come in if they had a preconceived idea i've noticed that just sort of just goes away because we are so welcoming and open well and i also think that another thing that i have experienced is that I have a very loud spirit team, and on that spirit team, I have a lot of ancestors. And my one of my ancestors, Mama Hanina, was an herbal healer in Casablanca. She kind of talks really loud, <laughs> and then I have, you know, some uh, Cherokee uh, lineage also. And so, um, my grandfather was part raised on the reservation, um, even though I didn't get to know them in, my, in their lifetimes. I only have to speak to them through spirit. They are really loud. And what they tell me is um, that there's healing that is needed. And mm. we serve as a vessel for that healing. That's the magic. You know, it's not the hocus pocus. It's not even standing under the moon. It's, it's finding that space where there's suffering and turning that suffering into, you know, something of hope. And so anybody who walks in the door, I know and I recognize if they're coming at me with anger, I, I recognize that as suffering. Mm -hmm. And and I have people that I don't even know their name. You know, anybody will tell you if you come in and you're suffering and, and you and I'm there and I see it and I can help you, I will. They know that and I, you know, I don't like you know, you know, on them or whatever, but you know, sometimes they start talking and through that we can find a way that they might find some peace or they might let go of some of the, the trauma or the hardship. There's a lot of trauma. There are a lot of things that have happened by circumstance that it's not somebody's fault, you know, and they have to carry yeah. through their lineage from that point on. 
And so if we can if we can help them with that, then they leave in a different way. It changes in them. So they don't see it like they're doing something bad in there. They see mm -hmm. it like if you need help, that's a place where you can go. So that's what people told me the first two years that I was on the thing. They said, I was told to come to you for help. And I would say, okay, what are we going to do here then? I think that's why the mountain asked for help because the people that it loves and the people that love the mountain need help right now. Tried to come in and open the door to a nice, warm, welcoming hearth and and let them feel uh, free again, maybe, and some of those things that have been stuffed down in their subconscious or in their daily lives and so forth. That's even awesome. if it's just half an hour, even if it's just, you know, yeah. the time that it takes them to walk through the store. Sometimes some people say, I had to go out and I had to come back for a refill. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But I like that. You know, that makes me happy. Like if if that's what I accomplish in this lifetime, then I feel yeah. like that's a success. I mm -hmm. you know, like I don't know how long we'll be there. I don't know when the next assignment's coming in, but if that's what we're doing there, then I feel like we've done a good job. If it lasts a month, if it lasts ten years, I don't know. But it it's meaningful, I think. I feel I feel like so many places, especially stores or just just places in general are, are not not like that they're not co i wouldn't describe them as cozy or welcoming or or even sort of like i mean i find you know sometimes going to a lot of stores very the opposite stressful and like overwhelming and so i i think that's that's awesome that your shop is like that so and can offer people a little bit of that, especially, yeah, especially if they don't have it. I mean, they might not have it at their work. They might not have it at their home. They might not realize this is a different way to feel because they weren't taught that or they can experience that. So, yeah. 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 That's what I love about Pasha. It's not about making money. It's about, you know, helping. And that's like my passion in life is just simply to help people. It's really great to see that she's the kind of person that walks the talk and does that in her daily life and in the shop. So it's like a complete joy to be there and be part of that. But I sell a lot of crystals, you know, and like crystals come from the earth. They're a gift from the earth. I feel like they're offering themselves in yeah. their beauty and they're offering them, you know, they're making themselves seen. And in order to, to, to really honor that, I feel like we need to make them accessible for people. And so we always try to have it be, you know, something that people can take home with them. We have expensive things in there, but that's, they're expensive because they're expensive to me, you know, but we have to try to keep things in a price where people can enjoy them. Kids come in and they've saved their $5 because they want to buy something special for mom or dad. And that's the place where they want to go from. I mean, that's amazing. To me. I think that's beautiful. And I think that stone's going to be really happy because it was yeah. chosen with love from little hands. You know, I mean, they come in, the kids, they touch everything. And the, the parents will be like, oh, no, 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 no. And we're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Get those baby <laughs> hands on them. <laughs> you know, they love it. They love the stones, love the little ones. They just love yeah. them. And Pasha handpicks each crystal. So it's not like she just buys them online. She oh. literally handpicks each oh. one. <laughs> That makes a huge difference as well. I have a little bit of a problem. 
<laughs> we don't talk about that. Uh, I've got my uh, smoky quartz here. Oh, nice. Oh, um, nice. So since we moved, this is one of the ones I, I just kept this one out. All the others are packed. And I'm like, I need my crystals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite memories is we used to do it when I was younger and it was kind of touristy. It's still kind of touristy, but you go to the gem mines and oh, you, yeah. you get a bucket and you do the, you know, sifting. And I just loved it because you just learn about all the, all the stones and it's so much fun. And, um, you know, when your brother finds a cool watermelon tourmaline, you're very jealous about it. <laughs> <laughs> but this goes into our next question, which you maybe you can talk a little bit about your crystals some more if you'd like. So unfortunately, we did not get a chance to go visit your shop because we really, we wanted to, and we will. When someone's visits your shop, what kind of items do you have for sale? Yeah, can you just tell us a little about the items that they would find there? We have a lot of stones um, from all over the world. We have local artists, I think it's really important to support people who are making things with their hands. And so here at this store, and then also we have a gallery in Hot Springs also, we offer, you know, really, affordable, I think it's really affordable uh, space for artists to come in and they can put, you know, some things in there. So we have some really fun, whimsical things that people make. A lot of your traditional things that you would expect to find in a metaphysical store. We have pendants and charms and talismans. We have crystals and herbs and candles and kinds of things, magical oils and things like that. So we have jewelry and we have all the stuff that we like. I mean, pretty much we only pick out things that we like, got good stuff. What people find and what they're expecting aren't always the same thing. Mm -hmm. We have a giant grand piano named Lelagosi. Oh. Just was store <laughs> where we opened because somebody needed a place to put their giant grand piano. So we have people that will come in and, uh, and little ones that will try playing too, and it sounds great. So we just have art, you know, local artists that paint or create sculptures or things like that. Amazing skulls by uh, one of our friend who does these amazing uh, skulls and drums. Oh wow! It's just it's just a nice place. It's got like, it's got nice stuff. We can't nice wait stuff. to visit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We also Might be really going to want to visit. We also have like books and tarot cards and incense oh, yeah, yeah. and clothes, all different kinds of candles. So we have a little bit of everything. And thanks for kids as well. We have lots of, we have a really great and beautiful dragon display. So, oh, yeah. Lots of dragons. <laughs> like the dragons. <laughs> and you all, offer classes too, I guess, in person and online or just one or the other. Can you tell us a little more about about that in case our, any of our listeners want to sign up? We've really kind of just been trying to get the, the class schedule kind of up and going again. We have a program that's called the Astara Network and through the Astara Network, it, it's kind of a membership. So it allows people who want to be really involved in the community an opportunity to come to workshops that, you know, either are greatly discounted or free, and they can kind of come to as many things as they want. Most everything is available to everybody, regardless of whether they want to join on the membership level or not. I teach a lot 
of different programs. And one of the main things that I enjoy teaching most is called Goddess Awakens, Rock Goddess Path for 35 years. So it's really important to me to put her back on our lips, back in our hearts. And I think that one way that we can align with um, Great Mother and all her names is uh, through learning about maybe goddess uh, stories and myths and songs that, that we don't know yet. So I like to go into ones that are a little bit lesser known. We've had some really powerful uh, experiences in that. Uh, we do a, a, the Astara Network. We do a monthly witches tea. You come and we sit and we have a tea and potluck and we read cards for each other and, and giggle and clink our cups and stuff. <laughs> so Lisa's going to be doing a positive pagan workshop to go in alignment with her amazing new book. We've had sound healing. Oh, I have a Your Divine Journey where I like as a program which walks people through their spiritual awakening and their own um, empowerment to I think help them kind of figure out why they're here, what doing, and what to do next in terms of uh, their spiritual power. We do crystal classes, the stuff we like, you know, the things that we like, that we're in the mood that we like to teach it. <laughs> we're kind of a, we're kind of, um, I don't know. <laughs> Remember that from South Park? I do what I want. <laughs> we do what we want. Yeah, uh, we're trying to get it online, um, trying to get some recordings up and being, it, the access I'm from California and having you know been very connected in that community for many years there are a lot of my friends that love to see you know have access to things that we're doing so that's kind of a on our bucket list right now trying to get that up and going and make more accessible in that way we had empath a couple of empath classes empath support group yeah we're looking to have a men's group too i have a friend that wants to start that up as well so yeah so we're always open to things it just you know each month is just sort of full of things and then you know we get directed in another way so yeah so that's definitely in the works as we speak well it's, it's always a good thing to to not have a any dry spell on the ideas so no. <laughs> thank them then you're set for months and years to come yeah it feels like it yeah yeah but one of the challenges i would say from being in the rural community though is that we get people really asking us to put these things together and then we quite a bit of work goes into putting them together and then it's nobody's available that weekend or maybe there's just one person and so we want to bring in a lot of different voices with a lot of different expertise and experience we don't want them to put a lot of work into something and then not being able to support it so we feel like being able to have that video component will be a mm -hmm. real game changer because they can get their program together and even if there's only you know two or three people it feels you know like it's impactful you know people can assess it online or something so as we as we and, and we're small town you know i mean we're it's not only that we're rural we're small town saturdays that's farm day you know you got to get out there and get in the garden and get everything done and then try oh, to there's so much on going on you know in Asheville or something and then the gas prices being high you know it's 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 always something it's so. hard to get people kind of sometimes to come out so we understand that but we're trying to we're trying to find the sweet spot we haven't and also with COVID we were you know we were closed yeah. we weren't really doing anything in person so we're still trying to find that sweet spot we want people to feel like they have what they need but we don't want to burn ourselves out 
yeah. putting it together, you know. We want to do a retreat. I really like mm -hmm. to fully immerse. I've done a lot of journey work, workshops, helping people to really um, hone in on their journey work or things like that. Those are really fun. I think lots of times being able to have something more intensive where you really go deep and then you step back, really go deep and step back is nice. So I think a weekend retreat, something, you know, things like that, a couple times a year, we're, we're looking at being able to do that, particularly if they're at the beach. <laughs> we're beach retreat. I think we need a beach retreat. We're no, no shortage of uh, opportunities or things to, that we're thinking of doing, but time can sometimes be that. You have to stretch it out a little bit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, same for us. <laughs> we have lots of ideas, but uh, it just takes time to to realize Get that. But sometimes it just has to marinate, and then it'll be all the better when it finally launches. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Can you both share a little bit about your spiritual practices? Oh, you go ahead, Lisa. I've done a lot of talking. I'm, I'm going to <laughs> um, I feel like I've already kind of like spilled the beans. So, yeah. That, yeah. Okay. So, my spiritual practice, uh, I consider myself a Celtic pagan witch, follow a Celtic spirituality in that I am devoted to Bridget. I follow a couple other deities as well, but it's very like nature based consider myself a forest witch. It's just part of my a daily life as, you know, just moving through the day, always trying to make magic out of the mundane uh, is sort of one of my passions. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what I follow. Uh, my background in that is that I pretty much grew up with my mom and my grandmother who are German Austrian. So uh, we had a lot of folk magic growing up, uh, which also bordered Austria borders on Italy. So a little bit of Strega got in there as well. And so a lot of things, I just grew up thinking, oh, this is just the weird stuff my family does. And then, and then realizing like, wait a second, there's language for this. These are all things I'd been doing like my whole life and just sort of solidified it in adult years. It's awesome that you got to have the the freedom of that exposure young just kind of through osmosis trickling down the family yeah. line and then you grew up and you're like oh wait a second yeah well it was just really natural i'm not even sure like if you would have uh, told them like you know is that spell work is that you know an altar they probably wouldn't have said that you know but it was all things like i've been doing this my entire life and you know manifesting making things happen and um both of them pretty much you know we just always did it and you know i never really thought twice about it and then when i had language for it it just made it ever so more powerful for me because i was like oh now that makes sense you know like i just thought it was my family stuff and so yeah that's been great fun just researching like my favorite thing to do is find the thread of commonality and things so i will find things that you know like with the italian folk magic with austrian with german and just see things that sort of carried over and then What's really cool about the Celtic spirituality, I mean, I'm not even remotely Irish, so that was weird. <laughs> and then I was at the Lorena McKinnett concert a couple of years ago, and in the middle of it, she just starts saying how people always think the Celts were, you know, just 
in Ireland, Scotland, England, but no, not really. They were over in Germany and Austria. And I just got goosebumps because when I was a kid, I lived in Austria for about a year. And one of the favorite places to go to was Hallstatt, which is this beautiful town on a lake. And that's where like a huge bunch of the Celts had settled. And then that I made that connection and I was like, oh, okay, now this makes sense. Maybe it's in my DNA somewhere, you know, back in the day kind of stuff. So yeah, so that was a really neat connection to make as well. And Pasha, on the website, there's info about a service you offered titled Hanina Healing, Healing for Mind, Body, and Spirit. Can you share more about what healing arts practices that entails and what issues people might seek out your services for? Sure. Before uh, to lead into that, I'll just give you a little bit about my, my uh, you know, 12-step program to how I ended up here. But um, so I was born into a family like i said no spiritual practice at all um just never had um church we never had any kind of folk magic night i mean we just kind of just did our did our life and then there was me and i was a seer from a very early age i, I commune with uh spirit i love my most of my spirit friends i didn't like them all i took care of wounded animals like that kind of thing and I was just always beat to my own drum, and I didn't know any. I didn't know it was anything. You know, I would see things and get into trouble because I would say, "You know, you're drinking from the water fountain. My horse is drinking from the water fountain." And then, you know, like, you know, the my in the fifth grade, and he ran to the teacher and said, "She hit me and said I was drinking where her horse was drinking." And the teacher said, "Well, next time, watch out for her horse." And I was like, "Yeah," you know, like that kind of thing. I just kind of, you know, like. I, I didn't know that you couldn't see it. That was where I was, but I didn't know any names for anything. I didn't know anything about astrology. I didn't know anything about anything. And then when I got to high school, I made a friend. I didn't really have a lot of friends, so it was kind of a big deal that I had a friend. Uh, and that friend was really into magic. She was really into the witchy thing. We decided we were gonna be the witchiest of the witchy for our freshman year. And we just, you know, we were in the Bay Area, so we went to all the San Francisco stores and, you know, Starhawk and Mark Adler and, you know, that whole Z Budapest, the whole kind of California Wiccan scene. We, we wanted it all. And so I got really involved in magic, got really involved in practice and, you know, like very understanding the procedures of magic. However, I did not do anything that was at all protective and I opened up things that were very harmful for myself and others and so as a result of that I really pulled out of that I said I don't want I don't like that I went a real downward spiral and I just really kind of got it out but and this those other things um were always really loud um, and there came a time in my life where I said um I was really, I wasn't honoring what I think I was here to. And and I, I consider myself a spiritual warrior, consider myself um, a realm walker, and I consider myself, I don't love the word because I don't feel like earned the training, but I consider myself a shaman because a lot of the work I do is in the realm. And so with that, I just kind of turned to my spirit team and I said, you know, you, you drive. I said, will you listen to us now? And I said, yes. And so when in that, 
I made that commitment. I made that promise. Everything in my life from then has been about that. And not only my family has had to accept that that is our purpose in life. I'm not doing this again. I'm getting all my karma cleared up. I'm cleaning up the mess. And in that, my hands got activated and I began to move energy, do energy work. And I was before this, the person who would say, Reiki, who does that? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Like I, like, you know, like I was very cynical about it. Um, but then I got activated in a tuntiki and the miracles that happened, you wouldn't believe them. Like I could sit here and list them all out and it would still be an unbelievable thing to hear some of the miracles that happened as that. My grandmother, Mama Hanina, started saying, you have to get out there in the world and, and do this. And I get hung on names. So I was like, what would I call it? If I were to do it, it's not really Reiki. It's like, um, hmm. And I couldn't think of anything. I kept hearing Mama Hanina, Mama Hanina, Mama Hanina, Mama Hanina, Mama Hanina. And this went on for like two or three days. And I was like, Hanina. And Hanina is my middle name. I was named after her. And then a friend of mine called me up and she said, uh, this sound weird. But your grandmother is um, telling me Hanina. And I was, <laughs> I guess I'm going to call it Hanina Healing. So that's what it is. So that's how that came about. What it looks like is we scan the body, first of all. We scan the energy field, we scan the body. We look for areas where there's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual trauma that is um, interfering with balance and harmonious existence. So when we find that, we can tap into that. We can test and find out where it's coming from. Is it physical, emotional, mental, spiritual? Is it from this lifetime, previous lifetime? Is it in your karmic line, uh, lives yet to come? That has happened. It's not been, but once in a while, you are suffering from something that you have agreed to in a, in a future existence. Wow. Now, isn't that, <laughs> I, heard of that. I mean, that, that's a real big mess to clean up, right? So, um, so we find them and, and we can actually, um, we can reprogram that energy around them. We can remove the trauma. We can go into that trauma and we can negotiate with it, I guess, is what a nice way to say. Bring some of that peace around that, you know, heal, bring that healing, reprogram the belief systems that came into effect as a result of that trauma. So a young one who is experiencing, say, parents who are fighting a lot and they they don't have the, the skills or the understanding of the experience to say, wow, you know, dad's had a day at work or whatever, right? They receive the information that they receive, where story comes into place. Maybe this isn't a safe place or dad mean or whatever. You never know what that story is because you're, you're operating on a level without necessarily a context to put that in. But you can actually go into that trauma and you can reprogram that trauma. And then we can say, is that the truth? that you want to keep, you know, kind of going on and going on forward. And so it's very, very powerful because you can literally reprogram false belief systems that are affecting the way that you are living and existing in the world today. Uh, so it's really beautiful. And it also allows, because your spirit team works with my spirit team, working together to get as much information as we can. That's kind of like a deeper work than necessarily Reiki, which we might just scan the body and offer healing and be more of a, 
a relaxing thing. And so that's kind of what it is in a nutshell. It's always wow. different. There's a lot of layers, but we all have a lot of layers. If we think about what, how we react to any situation in any, in any time in the world, how we might react to somebody who says or does something that's different than us, a, a trigger, let's say, where's that trigger coming from? There's all sorts of deep, hard shadow work that can happen. It doesn't just do a swoop. It's like, oh, it's gone. Now it doesn't exist anymore. So go have a happy life. No, you have a recognition so that when it tries to find its way back into your daily life, you say, oh, no, you don't appear anymore. We already took care of you. And if it's still there, then you say, okay, what else? What did I miss? What do I still need to know about this? And there's a lot of compassion, self-compassion, and love for who have, may have choice their circumstance caused us harm and suffering. There's a lot that we can forgive. We can create a, a belief system that the world is a safer, more beautiful place, and we're programmed to believe that it is. And I think that's the important work. There's a lot of really wonderful people doing this work. Yeah. There's a lot of really people seeking work. And I like to show people how to do the work themselves something that's important to me. I think ultimately, if I show you and you do the work and you get empowered in it and you can show somebody else down the line, that that's a really good way. You know, I don't, it doesn't belong to me. Mama Hanina's name on it because she bugged my friend, you know, I, I didn't get the message, but um, I tried to honor her through that because I know that, that she was kind and she cared about the people in her community. My grandmother, she used to come home from school and Mama Hanina would be, you know, putting a poultice on someone and she'd like have something to eat and Mama Hanina would be like, oh hey, I'm work, you know, I'm helping the neighbor, you know, kind of thing. So uh, it was important for her to to do that, you know. But there's a lot of people and there's a lot of different names and there's a lot of different there's a lot of ways. I think it's wonderful when people put their own connection into it because it's it's moving through them. It's working through their connection with spirit. It's not new. You know, everybody has a way that they heal. Sometimes it's with plants and sometimes it's with stuff like that. Yeah, we have our way. Song, musicians heal through music. You know, there's all, all different ways to do it. What inspires you most about the natural world? The thing that inspires me the most about the natural world is the way that the natural world creates uh, puzzles and pictures and connections for me to... I don't know, it, it speaks. I feel like when I'm there and I'm in nature and I live in the woods, I live in the forest, on the river, and I feel like it's for me. Like that moment is for me. That animal, you know, the crows that are talking or, you know, right there, they're, they're for me. They're communicating. They're keeping me safe. They're letting me know what I need to know. They're guarding over my family. And that may not be the truth, but that's sure how it feels to me when I'm there. When I'm in the water, I don't know. It's the most powerful, beautiful, pure feeling to be near that beautiful water and be in those old trees and the mushrooms and the animals and everything. I mean, it just, it's just, you feel alive, you know? And I feel like I have the ability to keep doing you know, the hard work because this is what it's for. And I feel like part of my work is advocating for nature and advocating for the water, advocating for the trees and the animals, you know, to, to do my best and do right by them so they can have 
balanced life too. I don't know. To me, that's that's life. That's real. Well, for me, what inspires me about nature is how it can ground and center you so quickly. And like people always ask me, like how how like I was even asked that yesterday. How do I get in a, a better place or a better frame of mind? And I'll always say, go walk outside barefoot. And it just it has the power to you know, make everything else seem so inconsequential, you know, everything sort of falls away. And uh, for people that are overwhelmed with life, I'm always telling them just get outside, you know, as much as you can, like even growing up in New York, I mean, I grew up in Washington Square Park, you know, and that has like little patches of grass and trees. And I was forever there as a kid. And, and then obviously Central Park too, just because nature was always really important. And what I find really interesting too, about the mountains around here, like I've never experienced this and I've lived in quite a few places, but like when I leave, it feels like when I come back in that first glimpse of the mountain, it's like I can breathe again. And I'm not even aware, like I've been holding my breath. I've been, you know, out of source or anything, but that first glimpse of the mountains, it's like them saying, welcome back. Where have you been? And, but then I feel myself and I do that, that breathing thing. And it just, it surprises me because it happens every single time, no matter where I go. And that's really powerful. I uh, appreciate that analogy and, and recognition, Lisa. I grew up in the state, but I lived out of state for 10 years. And when I finally moved back, I kind of made up this song of intention as I was driving back home. And I saw the, you know, the gateway of the mountains entering back in and the opening lines of the song are when the mountains sing home to me mm-hmm. oh i can sing oh i can breathe and oh. i always like and it was just kind of like almost like the song kind of moved through me and i just said what i needed to say and i've always thought like i like part of me is just like why did i choose that line but then having you just kind of corroborated it you know so yeah like, thank yeah. you likewise <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's the weirdest feeling and it just but it's wonderful you know and it's just like that first I can't, I'm so eager for it. Just that first glimpse of any time I'm out of this area, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm back, you know? And just that feeling of love and connection. Like I always do feel like they're saying to me, like, where you been? You know, glad you're back, you know? And it doesn't matter what direction I come from. It happens every single time. So. That's awesome. So kind of piggybacking on that, that all that same concept, can you tell us, some of your favorite ways that you all connect with the natural world to find peace and, and stay grounded in the, in everyday life? Well, for me, um, same thing like Pasha, I live in what I consider a forest and I have a creek across the street. So I do a lot of work in that creek and I'm a tree hugger. I mean, that's the first thing I do is just like, I'll find a tree and just like literally hug it like it's a family member and just feel their energy. That's my favorite thing to do. And then just to get lost where there's no people, go on the Blue Ridge Parkway and and find a trail and just get out there and, you know, and explore because there's so much amazing vegetation here, like different trees and plants and, you know, the waterfalls, the creeks, lakes. Uh, it's just so much beautiful nature. It just puts everything into perspective. So the thing that was overwhelming me or bothering me, as soon as I'm, you know, in the midst of natural beauty, it just moves everything into clarity for me. So what about you, Pasha? 
Well, I live in a tree house, so um, I'm just constantly surrounded by trees. Um, it's kind of a joke, but not really. Uh, we kind of live on a stilted, a little stilt house, and it's just completely surrounded by trees, right on the border of the Pisgah and the Cherokee National Forest. So I live on the river. It's just really fortunate to have those elements. I don't have a lot of free time, so I don't get to enjoy the hike, the hikes through nature, going on a hike or going on a walk as often as I would like. But what really is meaningful to me is whenever I can get into water. We have this incredible pure water falls they're in Tennessee, just right up my road. I mean, just to get in there and get completely immersed in here, tomorrow I'll be able to go into the ocean and um, dive in and just really sit in the hot Florida, you know, with the bank and just really be in the water. That's just a real therapeutic thing for me. And then whenever I can, you know, I try to take a walk and take a hike and get out into the trees and, and do that. But I also really am connected to the mound um, culture. So whenever I can get to some of the Native American mounds, I spend a lot of time with the mounds and the people. So that's really special for me. And animals as well. Lately, I've had like bears just walking through my yard. And that's like the first, I know it's sort of common in Asheville, but this year they seem really active. And then we've also had wild turkeys. I've just really been enjoying like connecting into that kind of energy. And even, I'm not fond of snakes, but <laughs> I respect them. Just, just seeing that and sort of just tapping into the energy or, you know, they show up at the most amazing times, in my opinion, like just when I need them. Like yesterday, it was funny. Literally, I look out my window that I'm looking out now and a bear just like just walked on by and just, it's beautiful and reassuring and just so weird. <laughs> you know. Oh my gosh. I had an ibis walk in front of me. Supposed to be working on a writing project. So I follow a an Egyptian-esque. Um, I'm devoted to Isis. I keep a temple to Isis and all her names. But ibis walked in front of me. I so slow in the parking lot. It was like, I'm just going to stay here until yeah. you notice me walking in front of you. And I was like, fine. I got it. I know I need to start <laughs> writing. You know what? I mean? Yeah. I get, I, I get a love bird messages, and um, we have a lot of animals, you know, around us too. But we, we have been a lot of bears. I, there have been a lot of bears in Asheville. I've only seen one bear up in the mountains, and I live in a bear um, preserve area. Yeah. I've only seen one in Asheville. Yeah. Big old bears, like hanging mm -hmm. out. Just, and they're just sitting there on the side of the road, like, what? What do you want? <laughs> we're like, Mr. Bear, Mr. Bear, hi. You know, like, but sometimes, like, like, you know, it's a little bit ridiculous. But I was like, there's been a lot of bears in Nashville, yeah. you know, because of the weird weather. We didn't have as much food. I would have expected mm -hmm. them to come a little closer to the houses. It didn't seem like there was enough. I didn't even get it. I guess it's too late for berries, but I didn't, you know, we didn't even get any. Think they came and then they froze, you know, again. We had too many freezes, I think, this year for so they said maybe they're hungry. Yeah, we see a lot of bears when I well where we used to live, our old apartment, which is um right off of Charlotte Street in Asheville. And yeah, every year, you know, 
And we are just walking. I know, just walking around. And there's like, there's a bed. <laughs> you know, we're just standing, watching these little bear cubs just raid the trash cans. We're just like, yeah. From across the street going, bye, bear. <laughs> I still love them. I don't care if they get into the garbage. <laughs> no. <laughs> What are your favorite books that you recommend pertain to herbs, magic, spiritual, spiritual growth, etc.? Well, I'll take that one because I'm the book person okay. um, at the shop. So um, I have visual aids. Um, mm. So this one is really good. Um, the Wild Richcraft one, I think you covered it maybe with Becky Beyer. Yeah, she works near us and I've really enjoyed it. It's it's a beautiful book. I've taken some classes from her, so it's really nice to have this in book form, you know, to refer to as well. And then as far as like herbalism, I, I mean, I picked this up when I went to visit Cherokee, but I've really gotten into this plants of the Cherokee just because we're on their land and you know i want to know about the natural plant world and things like that and that's easily found as well and it's by william banks really like those then the other book i thought that was really cool now this isn't really a witchy book i got this for christmas um and yule and but it's a book called the lost spells and i don't know um if you know the author the robert mcfarlane he did the other book about lost words words that we don't use anymore and this one is just really magical and it just, you know, it brings into nature and, and language and it's like all my favorite subjects. So I really like this book a lot. So Pasha, do you have any favorites? Oh, sure. Well, I always think, you know, I'm old school. So my libraries had pretty much the same books in it for 35 years, but you know, I love Scott Cunningham. I just, I think he's great. And he had magical herbalism. He had the encyclopedia of magical herbs. It's still on my bookshelf and I still, always use it i also like i think for anybody who's interested in understanding nature-based religions i think um starbucks the spiral dance and margo adler's draw down the moon they're game changers drawing down the moon gets a little wordy i think it's very it's just really um it's just powerful and i think it's because maybe it was at the time of the resurgence where there weren't as many voices that were busting through but it's still so relevant I, I think it's still so relevant. I also love Norma Ellis. Um, if you're into the Egyptian path at all, I think everybody should read Awakening Osiris. It's based on the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I'm going to Egypt with Normandy in um, September. So um, wow. that's pretty exciting. Yeah, September and October, I'm doing a tour with Normandy and um, an, another priestess. You know, it's not in print anymore, but if you could get a copy of it, if you're into ISIS at all, I am. Um, uh, De Tracy Regula is um, she's a, a priestess of Isis, and she has an amazing book called Mysteries of Isis and it's really amazing another time I'll tell you how I came across that book but unfortunately it's not in print anymore so um, you know it, it's hard to find but it's really it's very interesting because it talks a lot about setting up your altar and creating your sacred space and it's relevant to to really the goddess in all her names, not Stasis, but it is dedicated to um, Isis path. Um, I don't know. That's kind of what's coming off of my mind right now. Oh, you know what else? So a lot of people come to me, and this is really trippy because a lot of, I do a lot of um, uncrossing. So I think that as people are working along in their path right now, they're in, they're uncovering ancient 
curses and hexes and karma that they might have have. A lot of people that um, are now practicing or curious, they come from a long lineage of people who have practiced. And throughout the, that time, particularly in the old world, when it became unsafe for, for me, mostly women to practice, a lot of harm was done. And there was a lot of murder. There was a lot of, you know, uh, torture. There was a lot of things that happened to suppress the magical world. And as a result of that, anybody who's kind of pushed to that level might find themselves, if they're so inclined, to throw a hex or two around. And so what we are finding now in this at this stage of karma is the unbinding of those hexes. And what's really interesting, we do a lot of that in when we're doing that, but we also find that it attracts people who are hexing us in this lifetime. So if in your path or along your family lineage, you might have by cho you know, choice or circumstance thrown a hex or two around, uh, you might become more susceptible to having something like that coming at you. Some people will throw hexes around and they don't even know you. But this really great book, and I've got, I'm getting to the point, and I actually have it right here because I love it. It's called Uncrossing, and it's really good. It has a lot of really good tips and tools for you to uncover whether or not there's something that's affecting you. So if you've just been life going really great and all of a sudden it's just taking a real turn and you can't quite figure it out, she has like ways of like testing yourself or maybe like an egg cleanse or something and finding out if there's something, you know, something like that might be in your path. Uh, and then also some really excellent ways to, to heal from hexes, psychic attacks. Oh, Who's the author? Um, Katrina uh, Rasbold. R -A that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that is a great book. I second that one. Yeah. Yeah. You got this one. You brought it in and I was like, Ooh, I'm going to check it out. But, so that's been really, really interesting. I've been enjoying that a lot. And I like to refer it to people because it's. I just feel like it's really relevant right now. Uh, and also in the time of social media, there's a lot of jealousy that happens because of social media. And, you know, people are sometimes, I, I hate to say it, but they are sitting on their devices and they're scrolling around and they're like, oh man, I wanted to do something like that. Or... Maybe they're presenting life to be better than it really is. Um, and, it, and it's putting a lot of jealousy out there. And Mama Hanina, like I told you, whenever my grandmother would walk down the street because she was very beautiful, my grandmother would come inside and say, oh, somebody told me I was beautiful today. And she would smack her in the head and say, get all that jealousy off of you. Right? Get, get that jealousy. Jealousy is like an evil eye. If people put jealousy, there's ill intent. And we know the power of intention and we know how words are powerful, thoughts are powerful. So that it talks about some, like it doesn't talk about that specifically maybe, but it does talk about how we get psychic attacks or we get intent. Anyway, there's my plug for that. It's a good book. I'll put all the, you know, I'll put links up in the description so that everyone can find the, cool. find all Great. the books and everything. And we did have Rebecca Byer on, Cool. So, yeah, yeah. Now, you ladies both also have your own podcast called Mystical Tea, which I believe uh, folks can find the link through your website. What's the idea behind your podcast and what are some of the topics that you enjoy chatting about on there? Well, it's called Mystic Tea. Uh, oh, not Mystical sorry. Just Mystic. <laughs> yeah. Mystic. I think there's already and a Mystical Tea. I don't know. So. <laughs> ah, okay. so there was already a Mystical 
to, but we're just mystics. We just talk about the things we like. We interview our friends and people that are, you know, have something that we'd like to giggle about. But I think we cover some really good information. I, we've So far we've covered like raising your vibration. We've talked about thriving as an empath, Trevor, uh, Trevor on there, kitchen witch, kitchen magic. What else have we had on there? Um, oh, mycelium, the magic of mycelium, the mycelium, and the mycelium network. We, we talked about that. So our most recent one is focusing on Lisa's book, Positive Pagan, which is such a great book. Just the vibration <laughs> of the book is so high. It was just so good. I mean, even just holding the book is has that high vibration. We have a, an amazing wand maker named Big Stan. So he's going to come on. Um, we carry his wands. He 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 only likes us to carry his wands. So even though he used oh. to have it on Instagram, we, we have all, we have all of them now. Um, whatever yeah. he's left, but he's really he understands tree magic more than anybody I've ever met in my life. Like he's just incredible. He's just a wealth of knowledge, and you know we just I think that we because of our wonderful um, position as being a place where people like to come in, we meet so many interesting people and creators and and magic makers and mystics it, it's just you know we just want to spend some time with them and get to know them better and um it's it's just yeah we want to share that it's with people yeah so that's people in our community that are just creative and magical as well so it's so much fun talking to them and you know letting you know people elsewhere hear about it too so yeah that's awesome it's yeah, like it's really taking cool. your little community hub mm -hmm. shop mm -hmm. and being able to broadcast it out so absolutely yeah. elsewhere can get a taste of it that's awesome yeah i mean i've listened to three three episodes um i listened to the oh you uh, did oh yeah, yeah. yeah thanks yeah you know while i was doing some background research for for this interview but also because I wanted to listen and and check check it out it is really nice and fun and you do really feel like you're sitting and chatting with some friends with a cup of tea and the empath one was really good I listened to that one the one where you talk about your stories oh your, that's right yeah. I think that was called yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was we introduce that was. ourselves belatedly yeah <laughs> yeah so that was really good so everyone needs to check out the podcast we'll put a link of course no oh, thank you as well I think it'd be fun to try to figure out how to do a reading like we can have people email us and we can do like some like movie readings or something like that that'd be really a fun spot something we should, yeah, yeah that would be we great should, yeah, that'd be yeah that's a future one so yeah cool cool speaking of elisa's book called positive pagan staying upbeat in an offbeat world would you tell us a bit about it and why you decided to write this book i actually happen to have it right here <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So I write a blog for Pathios called Witch Indeed, and it's um, pretty much just about my life here in Asheville and things I'm interested in. And so at one point, this was in 2019, and I was getting sort of fed up with like the constant negativity. And, you know, the pagan community is no different than other communities, but there was a lot of grouching going on and a lot of complaining. And I don't know, I just felt sometimes I just, it just comes over me. Um, 
I think it's Bridget that sort of guides me. And I wrote this blog called being a positive pagan in a dark world. And I must have hit some nerve because I, to this day, it is the blog that I have the most responses to. And I think it's because being positive is sort of seen as a negative thing. And I was just all about like, well, you know, complain all you want. I'm, I'm down for a good vent session, but it doesn't do anything. And for me, positivity is a, an energy that you can tap into to get things done. And so uh, since I had such a response, I had an opportunity to present it to Llewellyn as a book idea. And I was like, hey, I, I don't know what this is, but a lot of people have asked me about this and I haven't really seen a lot of books out there what do you think about this idea? And I got a, a book contract from that. And um, it was a very interesting process. I've never written an entire book before. You know, it was it was really important to me to have my voice in that book uh, because, you know, they wanted to follow a format, which I completely understand, but I wanted it to be my voice. So, you know, it, in a way, this book is me in book form. So you're sitting with me over a cup of coffee and I'm, or tea or whatever, and I'm helping you sort of tap into that positivity because I think what's important is to acknowledge how hard life is. And I've had like some incredibly hard challenges in my life, but there was always something in me that um, I talk about, I call it like an ember. And I sort of just tapped into it in order to move forward and get things done or achieve things um, or move through the darkness. And then the funny thing was, as I was editing the book, like for the final round, I um, have seasonal affective disorder and it was winter and I just completely just shut down. And I, I struggled for quite a few weeks and it was one of those things where I didn't even realize I was struggling, but like the book felt like this anvil over my head and I couldn't move forward. And then one day I'm like, um, Lisa, you wrote a whole book on this subject. Why don't you just into it. And I did. And I, you know, and I, it was like, cause to me, action is so important. And so you do one action and you feel a little bit better and then you could do another one and then you could do another one. And then pretty soon, you know, you're getting some stuff done and that editing needed to get done and it, it moved me through it. So I can genuinely say I've done everything in this book. These are all things I've done um, through my lifetime that have sort of just moved me through some really dark times and some challenging times. And um, so far, yeah, everybody's been telling me, it's like, even people that don't know me, it's like, I feel like I'm sitting with you and you're telling me, you know, you know, we're talking over coffee. And I was like, great, because that's what I wanted. So I'm really glad it turned out that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we have a book launch party at of Wand and Earth. I don't know when this will air, but it'll be on Saturday, June 18th from three to five. And I'm making up a basket of some positive pagan items and um, people that attend can enter a drawing for it. And, you know, we're just going to have fun and, and just celebrate the book. And then hopefully I'll be doing some uh, workshops uh, in between, like promoting it this this summer. So. Fortunately, we'll air after that. Okay. But no it doesn't problem. mean people should go out and check out the book. Yeah, we have the books in the shop. So <laughs> we do. Well, Pasha, tell us your reaction of the book because it was so okay. sweet because she hadn't seen it um, before it arrived to her in book form. So, <laughs> well, I first of all, just I love the book. I love the way it looked. I love the way it felt. I'm a very, I'm very sensitive to the vibes really sensitive to the vibe. So even just like when I pick up the book, it felt like I could feel all of the uplifting feelings inside. What I really liked about it was 
Lisa made it so easy. A lot of people get hung up on, am I going to do this right? Am I going to, is it going to be, you know, whatever. But I, the first thing you open, I opened to was a sobble ritual. And it was like, salt. Oh, I got salt. No, oh, rosemary. I got I rosemary. You know, like, it's like things that you have right in there, you know, right here. And the layout of it is very simple. It's very approachable. It's very doable. It's very welcoming. And to me, that feels like Lisa. It's just practical, but it's powerful. I always taught my kids like that you create a magical world just by being. If you don't have to sit there and do a lot, you create it by what you put out into the world. And it's all around you. It's already there. You don't have to have a secret ingredient or um, make a two-hour ritual about it. You can create in a moment, in a in just a flash. And and Lisa's book makes that really seem like it's true. You know, like it's just, it's easy to read. It's lighthearted. It's practical. It's so chockable. It's got so much information in it, but it doesn't feel overwhelming. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just a good vibes book. I love it. I have it in my backpack, actually. Appreciate Lisa when you were kind of describing it too, how you said, you know, you made a note of how life is hard and people have challenges and difficulties. Everybody does. I think it seems like sometimes where the whole positivity is really negative kind of trend maybe came about is because there's like toxic positivity in the sense of people are like almost in denial or afraid to address and acknowledge those challenges and things that arise because they think it's gonna be you know antithesis to the positivity it sounds like from what you were saying you're kind of understanding like that approach is missing a lot of the puzzle pieces to be legitimately positive as a force that you're working with and that will raise vibrations and so forth you have to kind of work your way through that dark because you're gonna be stronger coming out the other side yeah both both sides of it give you perspective and that's why there's a sun and a moon on the cover is because life isn't completely sunny and it's not completely dark and we have to find our way you know to to get through it and yeah now i'm actually talking on that subject on sunday at um like our virtual conference because it's like one of my favorite things like what's the difference between toxic positivity and positive positive paganism and i was just like i i get it i completely get it but in my own life like i said i mean face some horrific stuff but you know what kept me going is i'm really grateful for and i'm really delighted to be able to share that with other people and hopefully help them with that you know um because that i don't want people to feel alone i want them to feel like can take charge of their life and they can get to their dreams or just get through the next day you know mm-hmm. so um that's why i made it really accessible and you know simple and practical and that's just like music to my ears when people have been telling me that so i'm really grateful it's not preachy and it's not like a, oh, don't cry or yeah, feel no. better. Um, it doesn't feel like that. It's like, here's a way that you could, you know, raise the vibration in the room. Here's a way that you can, if that's like, that you can even like hold space for yourself while processing through something mm-hmm. challenging, you know, um, here's a way that you can put this out, you know, be a beacon for others. Like, it's just, it's just really, it just feels so genuine. And I think that's what I really appreciate about it a lot. I think that's, you know, why maybe people try to sort of avoid going through some, some of, uh, 
I guess some of their shadow work or something um, because you know it's like it's it's scary. You don't know how to navigate it in. Yeah, I don't I don't shy away from it in the book. I mean, I, I talk about shadow work and, you know, depression and, and moving through things and days where you just can't get out of bed, you know, just just doing one simple thing um, and turning the mundane into something magical. It can change, you know, it could keep you moving forward. And I, I just think that's really important. So, yeah, I think especially right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sounds like a, it, it's definitely a very prescient book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, good timing, but yeah. Now, earlier on in the conversation, you all dropped a few mentions about the Two Brooms Tea House. Can you uh, explain a little bit more about what that element of your business is? So when I first got into this new location, we thought it would be nice to have a place where people could spend some time and gather because there's not a lot of places um, in Marshall for that. You know, I'm a mother of twins and I know that when babies were little, I had no socialization at all. Nobody else in my group had kids really, um, was really alone and there wasn't any place to just bring my kids and hang out. So I always like the place, I like that we sort of set that up as a place where an existing parent can bring their kid and the kid can play with a dragon for a while and they could sit and, cup of, sit and have a cup of tea or a coffee and just kind of charge their own batteries a little. So that was kind of one of the visions. And, and I came in and the landlord who um, doesn't maybe know how connected he is into all of the big master plan of whatever it is. He's like, oh, I built you these seats. So he had somebody come in and actually built build seating in this in these two segments so he already built like the, the seating area yeah it, he was just amazing that way so what we kind of figured is that we'll have two sections people can sit kind of low and then medium and then there's a, a bar um that you know like that you could sit on your computer or something if, it, if you just wanted to sit on a bar stool and it, you know, um, just to, to be able to offer some more seating. And then the store remains the same. Everything kind of shifts back. And then the piano has to kind of move over a little bit. But, you know, people can play the banjo. People can play the piano. It's not huge. It's not a huge um, seating area, but maybe, I don't know, six or eight tables. And then in that, we have, we'll have a private room and a library that um, with, you know, some of my collection of, of books, but it'll be a larger, so, you know, a larger party, maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 people could be back there for, you know, a kind of a private room and readings and things like that. And then we'll have yummy yummy coffee, yummy treats and just you know be able to hopefully service the community a little bit more and die we love tea and you get a little you know you get a little buzzy a little floaty the fairy people come out they float around and are we going to keep it two brooms pasha i don't know well two brooms came about because um when tree and i were looking for a new tree was my former manager and um, she had a stroke unfortunately and has been in care but when we were looking for the location that we started talking about how we want to do a tea house we kind of jokingly made it like two rooms like i'm a room and she's a kind of thing it's just kind of stuck um we just thought it was funny 
you know, like we were kind of dreaming and we're like, oh, we'll have a little two rooms tea house. But now that we have Mystic Tea going on, I don't know. I, I love names and so many good ones out there. It's just, it's really hard for me to settle on just one thing. I want to be called all the things, but um, we also know that names are important. They mean that, you know, they're powerful. So maybe it'll be two rooms. Maybe we'll call it, you know, Mystic Tea. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. It could be anything. So it's not quite, that's not running yet. That's just no. in the future. Okay, cool. Something. Yeah, something. well, we, we had to get plumbing. Plumbing was a significant issue because uh, mm. there was no water supply to the tea house. So we're, we, it took us two years to get a planner who was yeah. able to, wow. you know, it's difficult to get contractors to do work. But then we got the plumber and then we had to wait for somebody to finish the ring so the plumber could finish. So it's like one thing after another. But that yeah. happened today. So it, it's really, we're really not very far off. I mean, we've got the tea and um, we've got the um, teacups and um, we've got the tea stirs and all the tchotchkes. So, I mean, we're almost there. You yeah. just need water. And the water. <laughs> oh, you still need water. Yeah. We got to see how finish the plumbing, and then we'll get it done. That's the perfect yeah, we're, we're really your, uh, question, Jennifer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So going forward, what is your dream for Of One and Earth? How do you see Of One and Earth evolving? I feel like I'm just really riding wave right now for Of One and Earth. One and Earth is really beautiful right now. Um, the expansion into the tea house is going to really be at another level. But as far as the wander earth, I feel really balanced in letting that ride a little bit. What I see more of our energy now going into is going to be the star network. It's going to be getting the temple active, getting the, those things, getting that outreach done. I really want to work with people who I uh, really want to have more places where people can meet and gather that need support. I'm not in recovery, but I know that there's like a need for pagan recovery. Um, I'd like to be able to, we have a space. I'd love to be able to offer something like that. I'm interested in getting involved in the prison system and working with female inmates and, you know, helping to like kind of do that. So I just want that. I really want to be um, focused on, I, I feel like a wander is it's, it's, it's kind of doing its own thing. Like it, it does. We've got an amazing team. Everybody's yeah. just like, it's just good. But now I want to move into the bigger picture um, beyond the store, like purpose aspect of it. And I, I think that that's, that's what's next for us. Kind of like the uh, store was just a little pretense to get your foot in the door in the community. And then once you got the door cracked, you could be like, and there's this, and there's this time. <laughs> Come on in. I know. And I always joke because like people will walk and they'll have kids or a dog and the kids or the dog will like be breaking like the grown up's arm trying to come in the store. And then you know, the parents like pulling them away. And I'm like, it's like the gingerbread house, children. Come on in. You know, but, but they love it. I mean, I mean, you know, you're doing okay when the kids and the dogs love your store. I mean, like you yeah. just, you've already won because they're not going to lie about it, you know. Yeah, I, I just, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about this kind of multi-generational thing. And one of my favorite stories ever is at the old shack. And there was this little boy, he was maybe four. He was so confident. He was just one of those 
just such powerful young ones that are just charging in. And he had two generations. He had his mom and then they had grandma and grandpa. And you can tell that mom was kind of doing this. And grandma and grandpa were very old fashioned and they had you know traditional values, but they they wouldn't have allowed this with their child, but this is grandchild. Like this is the pride and joy. He hung moon, like it is just done. There's no, this child can do no wrong. And so they're holding space. And the mom is kind of holding the space between the two. And the boy comes up to me and he goes, you know, I've got magic. And I come down to his level and I go, I know. And uh, he goes like this, the mom is kind of like this, and the grandparents are kind of like this. And he goes, no, I mean real magic. And I go, I know. And then like the mom's kind of like, hmm. And then he goes, and I'm dragon. And I go, I know. And he goes, a real dragon. I know. And mom is like, as a grandpa and grandma are like, that's our boy, you know, like it was just so cool. Like, that, like, like all I did was affirm, like, like his magic was real and they're like, we'll be back, you know? And like, they were just like, this was became, this became their new favorite place because it was a place that all could come together. And this young one was honored. I thought that was really cool. That's one of my favorite stories. Beautiful. I think that's Beautiful. one of the coolest. We try to feature, right now our apothecary is not full because um, of COVID. I don't, I didn't want the plants just not being, you know, honored and used. Um, and we, you know, it was kind of, I would just say the apothecary was kind of dark, just like the lights were down as opposed to like dark yeah. feeling. But, you know, now that it's, we're open again and things are really moving and we'll have the tea house going, um, you know, we bring in a lot of, we try to, you know, source from local herbalists who bring in things. And we have a few people who are making tinctures and salves and things, and they will bring things in. We feature um, uh, Lori stuff, a sister of Mother Earth. She's always got some really great things. And um, so, you know, we, we really try to definitely keep relations with our plant allies, and our herbalists in the community. They're just, it's just to be in Appalachia with this kind of medicine and, it's so powerful and profound. It's just, I grew up in California, so we have a different type of plant medicine, you know, but I mean, some of the same, we had a lot more of the desert plants and things like that. So it's just additional qualities. This region are, are just unparalleled. Cool. Yay. Well, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and thank you everyone. We want to thank everyone for listening. Um, and we will post all the links to of Wand and Earth so everyone can check the shop out and everything and, and podcast. And you can follow us. You can listen to us on Anchor and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube. We have a Facebook group and Instagram. Yeah. And again, if you would like to support the podcast you can go to our anchor page and donate or you can leave us a rating and a comment um review on apple Podcasts. so yeah so until next time we will see everybody later yeah. all right bye, bye.